in the four messages uh, presented, uh, released in this conference, we may say that with each message, there is one crucial word which enables us to focus on the burden and the contact uh, and the content for that message. So in message one, the word is throne. In message two, move. In message three, overcome. And we will see in message four, building. <clears throat> and being intensified by the sevenfold intensified spirit, the seven spirits of God, we are intensified for all four crucial matters. The throne. Christ has been enthroned. He's the center of God's administration. He carries that out by the seven spirits. And we participate and coordinate with him and what he's doing by being intensified and especially in our prayers, they will be uplifted we eventually sevenfold to be the outlet <clears throat> for the throne on the earth. And then message two, the crucial word is move. God's move on the earth typified by the moving of the ark in the Old Testament. When the people of Israel were about to enter into the good land, and they would follow the ark borne by the priests. So God's move to carry out his economy, to accomplish his will, to apply his governmental administration. For this, he needs and we need the seven lamps of fire burning before the throne. And the seven lamps of fire are for executing God's decisions regarding his move on the earth. The fire motivates us to participate and carry out God's move. Then in message three, we have a verb now, <clears throat> uh, overcome in the midst of the chaos and the attack of death. We need the seven eyes of the Lamb to enable us, to intensify us, to overcome 
in the midst of the chaos and to prevail by Christ's resurrection life over the attack of death. So we have thrown, move, overcome, and now in message four, we come to God's goal, building. God's building. So the subject for message four is experiencing the seven spirits of God for God's building. And there are at least two main uh, matters contained in or implied by this subject. The seven spirits of God are necessary for God's building. God's building cannot be completed apart from the seven spirits of God producing the materials, enabling us to cooperate with God to build. And the other matter is that we need to be intensified for God's building. In our history, we have had incidents where dear saints, although humanly sincere, had a, had a serious mistaken concept of God's building. Decades ago, in 1977 and 78, in the church in Anaheim, there were an increasing group of sisters and there was a hierarchy among them and in meetings they would sit according to rank and order until Brother Lee addressed that openly in a conference he held in Anaheim. And there boast or their declaration was, we are in the building. We have building. And I don't want to go into the details, but their concept was completely off. There was a counterfeit building among them that caused serious damage to saints and to the church that took years to mend. Others think building is I'm close to you and you're close to me and you can borrow my ties and I can borrow your shirt. We're so close. This is not building. There is no building in our natural human life. We need the divine life. We need the resurrection life of Christ. 
We need Christ as the builder. We need to be governed by the vision of God's building. We need to be transformed into the suitable building material. And building is always accompanied by war. We see this in Nehemiah. Those building the wall had a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other hand. Therefore, we need, actually desperately, to be experiencing the seven spirits of God for God's building. We need the seven spirits of God experientially to live under the throne and to be one with the Lord to execute the decisions made on the throne. We need to be intensified by the seven spirits of God for God's move, that we will be inwardly stirred spiritually and rise up to take action. We need to be intensified to overcome the satanic chaos and to withstand and conquer death. In each case, simply having the essential spirit of life, which is absolutely sufficient for so many things like saving us in life, causing growth in life, ministering life. We need the economical spirit sevenfold. And the same principle is here in message four. For God's building, we need to experience the seven spirits of God. In Revelation chapter four, verse 11, we are told that God's will is the source of all the positive matters in God's creation. We exist because of God's will. The universe exists because of God's will. All things are and were created because of God's will. God's will is what he wants. Stating the obvious, I point out that Revelation 4.11 has the entire book of Revelation as its context. And the book of Revelation ends with the new Jerusalem, a corporate person, the bride, the wife of the Lamb, of the redeeming God. Stated simply, according to the book of Revelation, the will of God is to have the new Jerusalem an eternal building. And everything else in this book 
all the marvelous unveilings of Christ and the moving of the Spirit, the speaking of the Spirit to the churches, our enduring trials and tribulation, our engaging in the spiritual warfare, our praying the prayers of the age, the prayers of administration, our maturing to be raptured, everything is part of the process to fulfill God's will, to accomplish God's will to produce the new Jerusalem. Now we have a full outline here and we'll go through it now. The first section is placed here to help all of us during the course of this message at least to have the same understanding of God's building, what it is, and the importance of it. So this is a foundational matter. I don't want to use the words God's building without the assurance we're on the same page understanding it. So this section presents some basic truths that really need to be constituted into us. So when we hear about God's building, the truth emerges into our mind. The life released by the truth is flowing in us. Remember, the Lord said, I will build my church. The entire Bible is a book of building. The main subject of the Bible is the building of God. There we have Genesis 28, Jacob's dream of a ladder joining earth to heaven, angels descending and ascending. Then when he woke up, he said, this is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is building in Genesis. I referred to Matthew 16, 18 just now. And then Revelation 21, the new Jerusalem, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The Bible is a book of building. May I ask again, Gently, is your Bible a book of building? If you would say the Bible is a book of Christ, I would say a hearty amen. If you would say the Bible is a book of life, I would say another amen. But viewed from the perspective of God's will, 
The Bible is a book of building. The Christ revealed and the life contained in the Bible are for God's building. A, the central and divine thought of the scriptures is that God is seeking a divine building as the mingling of himself with humanity, a living composition of persons redeemed by and mingled with himself. This building is unique. It is the issue of mingling. God mingled with man. We need more mingling of divinity and humanity. We need the seven spirits to intensify the, the rate and the process of mingling taking place. Now the subpoints, God's intention is to have a group of people built up as a spiritual building to express God and to represent God by dealing with his enemy and recovering the lost earth. This is God's intention. Just, just think about this. We know God's intention. How do we know? He revealed it to the apostles and prophets in the Spirit. And the revelation is recorded clearly in the Bible, especially in the New Testament. It's there. But for nearly 2,000 years, the eyes of most believers have been veiled. And the enemy brought in all kinds of confusion and distortion. So the truths needed to be recovered. So we are learning the truth concerning God's intention. But we honor those through whom we learned it, especially Brother Nee and Brother Lee. This is what a blessing. We know what God intended when he created the universe. His will expresses his intention. And this group of people built up together express God and represent God by dealing with the enemy of God and by recovering the lost earth as the realm on earth for the kingdom of God. Two, whatever God is doing today in preaching the gospel, edifying the saints, or establishing churches is part of his building work. These activities are part of God's main work, the work 
of building. Our gospel preaching is for God's building. I had the opportunity in the 1960s, early 60s, to meet our dear brother Billy Graham twice. Once I sat next to him in a, an hour-long fellowship meeting while in Princeton. His understanding of the gospel was limited, but he was absolute and faithful and powerful for preaching the cross and redemption and salvation. But the goal of his preaching was not God's building. It was heaven. And we have here in this point establishing churches. We establish churches all over the earth for the same reason, for God's building. The building up of the church is the body of Christ. But I know, along with others, two very major situations that went on for years in the Western Hemisphere, where brothers, and in one case unusually gifted and highly intelligent, they established churches for their own kingdom. They produced a kingdom for themselves, and no one could come to where they were to minister. This is not in the body. Whatever God is doing is for the building. Whatever we are doing in our service and work must be, not merely ought to be, must be for God's building. Three, we need to be enlightened by and fully saturated with the thought that in this universe, God is doing only one thing. Building his eternal habitation. Again, let's not take this for granted. We need to be enlightened. I'm looking to the Lord. Please join me in looking to the Lord now that we would be enlightened and fully saturated with a particular thought. What's the thought? That in this universe, God is doing only one thing building his eternal habitation. Everything that he's doing, as we just commented on, is for this. And with the Lord Jesus and his ministry on the earth, he healed people. Thousands of people gathered to him. He taught them. 
He cast out demons. At certain times, he raised the dead. He healed the sick. The blind could see, the deaf could hear, the lame could walk. He dealt with the enemy. He called the apostles, trained them. Died on the cross to terminate the negative things and to fulfill God's righteous requirements for our redemption. Was resurrected as the firstborn son of God. But all of this is for what he said. And I repeat it again. Upon this rock, this revelation concerning I am, and what I am, and who I am, on this rock, I will build my church. That's his goal. Redemption, salvation, regeneration are not ends in themselves. They are for God's building. Okay, B. The building of God is the triune God as life wrought into us continually so that under his transfusion and infusion, we become his corporate expression. Here we have implied, and now I will make explicit, a basic definition of building. Building is the corporate expression of God. The New Jerusalem, what did John see? The angel said to him, come here, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. He thought, well, I'm going to see a person. Well, he did. But then he saw the New Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. This New Jerusalem is the wife, the bride. And then immediately John said, having the glory of God. Glory is God expressed. So here we have the city, the building, linked essentially with glory. So one, God's building is the mingling of God with man. That is God mingling himself with us. <clears throat> Thus the church is God's building composed of himself as the divine material mingled with man as the human material. God's building is the corporate expression of the triune God. Now, some dear saints, 
And in my frequent visits to the Philippines, I learned this. Some dear saints there are very good at uh, making T-shirts that have wonderful uh, expressions on them, either verses from the Bible or uh, from the ministry. I'm just illustrating here how marvelous this point too. To have this, we may never have a t-shirt with these words on it, but these words should be written in our heart. God's building is the corporate expression of the triune God. Let me say it again. And inwardly, say it to yourself in whatever language is the mother language for you. God's building is the corporate expression of the triune God. God's goal is the building. God's building is the corporate expression of the triune God. Therefore, Logically, undeniably, God's will, God's goal is the New Jerusalem. God's will, God's goal is the corporate expression of the triune God. And if we see this, we will realize we were created for this, redeemed for this, regenerated for this, shepherded and cared for by the Lord for this, led into the Lord's recovery for this. And then little by little, God's goal becomes our goal. And we can say, I am living on earth right now at this very moment for God's building, God's goal, God's will. May my life contribute to God's building, the corporate expression of the triune God. And three, God's building is the enlargement, the expansion of God to express God in a corporate way. Colossians 2.19 says, the body grows with the growth of God. This point, this point speaks of enlargement and expansion. What do we mean? It's fully understandable. You might have a question right now. You might be quite surprised by this. God in himself is infinite. He cannot increase. And God is immutable. That is, he cannot change. Then what does it mean for the body to grow with the growth of God? It means... God 
is growing in us. So God is being enlarged and expanded in us. With the result that the corporate expression of God will be fully developed to such an extent that we'll need the, a new heaven and a new earth will be necessary to be the environment for this glorious corporate expression of the triune God. Now we need to see that to participate experientially and to serve under this view and to live according to this view of God's building, we need the experience of the sevenfold intensified spirit. So point two reads this way. The experience of the sevenfold intensified spirit is for God's building. The all-inclusive spirit is more than sufficient to supply us with all that we need to know and experience and joy and become for God's building. This is the all-inclusive Christ. The all-inclusive life-giving spirit includes God with the divine attributes, man with human virtues, the Lord's human living, his death on the cross, his resurrection, ascension, enthronement. If there were nothing on earth and in the air opposing God's building, the inclusive spirit would be sufficient. But we are in a constant war. We're on a battlefield day after day, whether you realize it or not. And if young believers, it's okay. They don't realize it. Like when I was a little boy, I didn't know what the war was all about in the Pacific and in Europe. But my parents knew. And the enemy hates the corporate expression. He knows this corporate person, this one new man, he will drive me off the earth. He will deal with me because he will be the expression and the executor of Christ's victory on the cross. And we know from Revelation 2 and 3 to the seven churches, the different ways the enemy works to try to kill, destroy. Then he brings in mixture. He brings in clergy laity system. 
satanic teachings, lukewarmness, having the appearance of being living but being dead, causing people to stop with the recovery incomplete. Because of all this, intensification is necessary. It's not optional. A, the seven lamps in Exodus 25 are for the building up of the tabernacle. The seven lamps in Zechariah 3 and 4 are for the recovery of God's building. In Revelation, the seven spirits, which are the seven lamps before the throne and the seven eyes of the Lamb, are for God's building. The book of Revelation is mainly not for searching and judging but for producing and building up the new Jerusalem. There are so many. I have, I've, I just am not able to, to count how many different doctrinal views of the book of Revelation. For some, it's a book of Two beasts. You mentioned Revelation. Oh, the beast from the sea, the beast from the land. Others might say, oh, the book of calamities, frightening, disastrous things. Oh, it's a book of the, the locust from the abyss. Oh, it's all about Armageddon. Some say it's about heaven. But who would ever say the book of Jerusalem is mainly for producing and building up the new, the new Jerusalem? That is our book of Revelation. Uh, point two under C. As a result of the transfusing of the seven eyes of the Lamb, the new Jerusalem will be built up. Well, we should inquire of the Lord. And it's okay for you to inquire of me. What does it mean that the infusing the transfusing of the seven eyes of the Lamb are for the new Jerusalem to be built up. Well, we'll see more as we proceed with the outline, but I would pause here for a moment. We need to be the proper building material. The material that will fit into God's eternal dwelling place. And we know from 1 Corinthians 3 that Christian workers or religious workers in Christianity 
They can do some kind of building with wood. Hay, grass, stubble. And we can do the same. We have observed this happen. This is not just a concept. We have seen counterfeit building built up with my own eyes more than once. The Lord had to demolish it. This is contrary. This is the opposite of the material that are needed. Paul said, build with gold, pearl, and precious stones. To be direct, we build with what we are. We need to be transformed into precious stones for the building. But if like those sisters, what, 40 plus years ago, they said, we're in the building. It was all in the flesh, in the natural life. It had to be eliminated. It had become a cancerous, a cancer to the body. This was Brother Lee's diagnosis. So we need a transfusion and an infusion of what Christ is so that we become the suitable material. Then, becoming the precious stones, then we need to be intensified to become built up together universally and locally. Ephesians 2.21 All the building is growing, is being built up throughout the earth for a dwelling place of God, his temple. Then in the next verse, referring to a local church, you also are being built up. In order to be built up with others, we need the seven spirits of God, especially the seven eyes of the Lamb. D, the seven spirits of God, as the seven eyes of the Lamb, are for transfusing all that the Lamb is into our being so that we may become the same as he is for God's building. And here, the high peak of the divine revelation is implied. And some hearing this expression the first time uh, need to know what do we mean by the high peak of the divine revelation? Well, it's the highest and ultimate revelation in the Bible that includes every other aspect <clears throat> of the truth. And that is, God became man in Christ so that man might become in Christ God in life 
and in nature, but not in the Godhead and never as an object of worship. A simple illustration to all the parents listening. As a married couple, you brought forth your children. Are they not the same as you in life and nature? So your daughter, your son, has your life. I speak to the fathers now. They have your life, but not your fatherhood. Well, we are the children of God. We have been born of God. We have the life and nature of God. But we're not God in the Godhead. So this is what it means to become the same as the Lamb apart from the Godhead. The Lamb, He is God, is omnipotent. We will never be that. He's omnipresent. We can never be that. I'm here in a room on the Ministry Conference Center building and the training building, rather. I can't be in Europe anywhere, but the Lord is here. The Lord is with you. God, the Lord is omniscient. He knows everything. We just know a tiny bit. But we are the same as God in life and nature. E, the sevenfold intensified spirit is the eyes of Christ as the redeeming lamb and the building stone with the seven eyes infusing us with Christ's essence, riches, and burden for God's building. So we have the seven spirits of God. They are the eyes of Christ as the redeeming lamb. This is clear. And Christ is also the building stone. We were, we're coming to this now from Zechariah. Christ is the lamb. He's also the building stone. And on himself as the building stone, there are seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. This means that the lamb who is the stone, we may say the lamb stone, is infusing his essence into our being. He's infusing his riches. He's imparting his burden for God's building. So now we come to Roman numeral 3, 
For God's building the temple, the stone, Christ is the stone with the seven eyes. For God's building the temple, Christ is the stone with the seven eyes. You may recall just now spontaneously that Christ is the foundation stone. He is the corner stone. He is the top stone. He is the precious stone. Rejected by the religionists, but resurrected to be the cornerstone in God's building. Now we need to see that on this stone, there are seven eyes. And those seven eyes are the seven spirits of God. And to be even more definite, they are the seven eyes of the Lamb. So we have the references there from Zechariah. Chapter 3, verse 9. For here is the stone that I have set before Joshua. Upon one stone are seven eyes. I will engrave its engraving, declares Jehovah of hosts. And I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. Brothers and sisters, please arrange to have just several minutes of time to pray over this verse and to read the footnote, maybe consult the life study. But here there is a stone upon which are seven eyes. And then Zechariah 4, 7 to 10. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain, and he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of Jehovah came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, and his hands will finish it. And you will know that Jehovah of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice when they see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of Jehovah running to and fro on the whole earth. So there's the stone with seven eyes. This stone is also the top stone for God's building. 
And verse 10 speaks of the eyes of Jehovah. The eyes of Jehovah are the eyes of the stone, and the eyes of the stone are on are the eyes of the Lamb. So we have Jehovah, the Lamb, and the stone, all for God's building. Now this, I believe, opens the way for the remainder of the outline which is now focused on the stone, Christ himself, and on our being intensified sevenfold by the sevenfold spirits of God to become the living stones, the precious stones for God's eternal building. Point A. The stone set before Jeho- Joshua in Zechariah 3 9 typifies Christ as the stone for God's building. And there we have a prophetic word in Psalm 118.22, fulfilled by the Lord speaking in Matthew 21.42. Jehovah's engraving of the stone indicates that God will work on Christ as the stone for the accomplishing of God's redemption, salvation, and building. This is a marvelous light that the ministry was the channel for the Lord's Spirit to shine on us. When Christ was on the cross, he was the lamb stone. And something was being engraved upon his being by God himself. Engraving cutting deep into his being. The subpoints to which I soon will come will help clarify this. And this engraving that Christ the stone is experiencing is for the accomplishing of God's redemption. This is part of the price he paid, the suffering he endured to bear our sins in his body and die in our place and to fulfill the requirements of God's righteousness. How he suffered on that cross inwardly, deep in his being, only the Father knows. And this engraving was for the accomplishing of Salvation. It's the basis. This engraving is the basis in God's economy for our redemption, for our salvation. Now we need to advance and see it's the basis for the building. One to engrave is to cut. 
when Christ was dying on the cross, he was engraved, cut by God. I say again, only the Father knows the degree of his son's suffering. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John 3.16 Remember John 3.14 As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so will the Son of Man be lifted up. He will die. He, will be, he was made sin for us and was judged as the serpent deserved to be judged. Such a deep engraving. Two, this indicates that the Christ on whom God has worked will remove the sin of the land of Israel in one day, the day of his crucifixion. Through his death on the cross, Christ, the Lamb of God, took away the sin of the world. I read it again this way. Through his death on the cross, Christ, the Lamb of God, took away our sin. He took it away. We have been forgiven. Our sin, our sins have been forgotten. Because the Lamb's stone was engraved, he was cut for the accomplishing of redemption and salvation. When we remember him weekly, and hopefully soon we can assemble physically to have the Lord's table, the Lord ordained, partake of this, the bread and the cup, to declare my death until I come. And then we drink the cup, the cup of blessing, knowing that the Lord said, I will not drink of this cup. I will not partake of this until I do it anew in the kingdom. Surely we want to be there and have this remembrance with him. What a price he paid we remember the Lord and we declare his death every week when we break bread. And now see, the seven eyes of the stone, Christ, are the seven eyes of Jehovah. And the seven eyes of the Lamb, Christ, which are the seven spirits of God, 
the sevenfold intensified spirit. I uh, briefly introduced this. The stone, Jehovah, the lamb. Now let's read this again so we can begin to grasp and uh, receive this truth. The seven eyes of the stone, the stone is Christ, are the seven eyes of Jehovah. We read that in those verses. 3.9, the eyes of the stone. Then in chapter 4, the eyes of Jehovah. And they are also the seven eyes of the Lamb, Christ. There's only one set of seven eyes. The eyes that are the eyes of Jehovah, the eyes on the stone, and the eyes of the Lamb. And these seven eyes are the seven spirits of God. And the seven spirits of God are the sevenfold intensified spirit. The eyes on the stone are the eyes that the, in the Lamb. These eyes are the seven spirits of God, the seven spirits of Jehovah. And these seven spirits are the sevenfold intensified spirit. This is just marvelous how the Lord enlightened our dear brother to bring all these verses together with such an amazing view, just spectacular. The stone, the lamb, Jehovah, the eyes, the seven spirits for God's building. One, these seven in Zechariah 4.10, which are the seven eyes on the stone, in 3.9 are the seven eyes of Jehovah and also the seven eyes of the Lamb. Two, the stone, Jehovah, and the Lamb are one. Do you see? It's the seven eyes that demonstrate and manifest that the three are one. Small a, Christ is the redeeming lamb and the building stone. And he is also Jehovah. Christ is the lamb stone, the lamb for redemption and the stone for building. Millions of dear fellow believers, I mean it when I say dear, they are our brothers and sisters. We have the same 
Father, the same life. And they have been taught correctly about redemption and the Lamb dying to take away the sin of the world for our redemption. But where is the message printed or online concerning the stone for building? Instead, there's this dread, this awful deviation. It's the lamb for heaven. The redeeming lamb dying for our sins, that's for your abode in heaven. But according to God, the lamb who redeemed us is the stone for building. Redemption is for building. The seven eyes of Christ are the seven spirits of God indicating that Christ and the Holy Spirit, although distinct, are not separate. The Holy Spirit is essentially one with Christ. It is correct. It is the truth to say that Christ and the Holy Spirit are distinct. But it is actually heretical to say they are separate. This leads to tritheism. Three gods. Not three one. Not one three. Three gods. The eyes and the lamb are distinct, but not separate. They are essentially one. See, the seven eyes combine Jehovah, the lamb, and the stone. The lamb is the stone, and the stone is Jehovah. Three. The fact that Christ, the Lamb of God, is the building stone with seven eyes reveals that the seven eyes of Christ are for God's building. This is where our experience comes in. Experiencing experiencing the seven spirits of God for God's building. Here we are, the seven eyes of the Lamb, which are the seven eyes of the stone, the seven eyes of Christ are for God's building. The Lord, I don't know how to describe it, I believe he's pleased for every opportunity we give him 
to simply gaze upon us, to look at us. Not primarily to judge us, to expose us. That's indispensable in our present condition. But primarily for the building. Why don't we more and more with this in view, not only in the morning during the time we have with him, but even moments during the day. You're stopped at a red light because the cars ahead were too slow to make the turn on the green arrow. Now you're here for two minutes. Instead of being bothered again, why not say, Lord, I turn to you. I turn my heart to you. I open to you. I want to behold you. Please just look at me. Gaze on me. Infuse yourself into me. Sevenfold, Lord. Two minutes of intensification, it matters. My sisters and brothers, it matters. This is intensification. A lot can take place in two minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes. Just, let's all just come back to him again and again and open to him. Point four and the subpoints. Christ is the building stone with seven eyes. With the seven eyes to transfuse himself into us in order to transform us into precious materials for God's building. This is what we all need. No matter how much you understand what these messages have been saying, I believe we all can appreciate and remember this. We need to be transformed for God's building. We need to become the precious materials. The only way is for Christ, the building stone with the seven eyes, the lamb with seven eyes, transfuses himself into us to make us this material. The seven eyes of Christ as the lamb and as the stone which are the seven spirits of God, are Christ's expression in God's move for God's building. He just looks at us. Only Peter knows what he saw in the eyes of Jesus that night when he denied him with strong language. And the Lord looked at him. I do not believe they were eyes of self-pity, of anger, or judgment. 
He wants to look at you, to look at me. Let's not hide from him. Let's not pretend with him. Let's come to him through his blood as we are and allow him to look into us and infuse us with what he is. As the Lord looks at us, his seven eyes transfuse himself into us. He transmits his inner being into us through his eyes. Are we not blessed to hear such things? To have been under a ministry, the ministry of the age, with the vision of the age, to present us such truth, so experiential, I read the last point again and then I am finished. As the Lord looks at us, just looks, his seven eyes transfuse himself into us. My brothers and sisters, right this moment, he is looking at us, transmitting his inner being into us through his eyes. This is for God's building. Throne, move, overcome, building. This is the heart of God's economy. How blessed we are that God is the economy, economy itself in Christ is in us and the Lamb's stone is ministering to us all for God's building. May the hand of the Lord follow his word and may all the hundreds of dear saints throughout Europe and the UK be blessed by the Lord and experience him more and more as the seven spirits of God. May the eyes of the Lamb look upon us more and more until we become the same as he is to such an extent that it's time to be raptured and to marry him and return with him to bring the kingdom to the earth. This is on the Lord's heart. May it also be wrought into our heart. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.